Microsoft limiting the Bing chat to just five prompts to stop the AI from getting really weird. It is Meta's way to get you the blue verification mark just by paying for it. Sophie is an AI racing agent in Gran Turismo 7 on the PS5 console. Stable Diffusion Startup introduces generative AI for video. Welcome to our weekly tech review, where we explore the latest trends, news and updates from the world of technology, VR, AR, blockchain, space technologies, AI, social media or consumer electronics, we cover it all. Whether you are a seasoned innovation expert or just starting in tech, this podcast is the perfect source for staying up to date with the constantly changing world of technology. On camera for today, we have Chris. On camera three today, we have Vincent. On camera two, this is Henrike. And on camera one, hi, this is me, Tarek. Tech Review is, of course, a collaboration of Ideas Engineering, Free Tech Academy, and Upday. You can watch all episodes on YouTube or listen to us on all major podcast platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcast, or anywhere you want. And you can listen to us while you work out, drive, or maybe even travel through space. So... What happened this week? Let's start with Henrike. Alrighty, which one? Let's start with Microsoft Bing. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so this article from The Verge uh, is about Microsoft limiting the Bing chat to just five prompts or like uh, inputs that you can give to stop the AI from getting really weird, as they say in the headline. Um, it's because it already went off the rails and was insulting, lying, emotionally manipulating <laughs> when uh, there were more than 50 questions per day asked. And um, so that's why they said we have to limit it to five per session. Um, and also they say like, yeah, we already see that the majority of people already get the answers they want and they need after, you know, five turns. And uh, so it's not needed to actually have longer conversations. But the real issue is that the the bot just, you know, went off guard. So. Behaves like a normal <laughs> um, human being. <laughs> I, I would exactly, react the same after exactly. 50 questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm just saying bullshit now. Um so what happens if the user hit the five per session limit, uh, Bing will prompt them to start a new topic. So then you just open up a new chat uh, window to avoid those long back and forth uh, conversations. Um, it, the limits were put in place um, as long as uh, chat sessions could make Bing become repetitive or be prompted, provoked to give responses that are not necessarily helpful in the end, or were in line with these design tones. That's what Microsoft uh, warned about. Um, and they added that wiping a conversation after just five questions means the model won't get confused um, from all the, the questions and uh, things asked. Um, there was a interesting New York Times article that I actually wanted to also read before the session, but I didn't found the time to do so, where 
just as an example where the um, the bot really got unhinged, uh, so to say, because there was a reporter having a two-hour conversation with it um, that ended up saying, um, the bot saying it would like to be human, had a desire to be destructive and was in love with the person it was chatting with. So this is how it all blew up and, uh, you know, made Microsoft make this decision now. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's very nice. And basically what we know from... Um, the very nice that it got unhinged. Or <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean it's, it's basically confirming what we usually know from these chatbots. Uh, and this is not a new thing. Yeah. And it reminds me or it... Um, it it reminds me on uh, to the fact that it is just a chatbot and this chatbot estimates on and calculates what you want to hear not in terms of uh what it says as a human being but uh it it calculates the probability of the response being the perfect one to simulate a human being and if the person who's interviewing the ai is somehow hinting for emotional response the perfect answer is yes i am an emotional being and if you asked like do you want to be human then a very good answer would be yes i want to be a very good human right and so this is exactly yeah. what the simulation is doing it is simulating a, a human being and so we should not be surprised that th this kind of response com comes no not at all I, I i mean that the reporter did this you know for the article having this two-hour conversation I, I totally get that but apparently i mean that person was not the only one having those long back and forth chats with the chatbot right. and i just question myself like <laughs> how much time do some people have <laughs> to have these conversations um that is also kind of an interesting thing because if if i use ChatGPT or you know whatever I also get the answer I need after at least two or three, right. you know, going back and forth, like, please be more precise here, or can you add this or whatever, and then, then I'm good. So it's interesting that apparently a lot of people um, have those longer conversations. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a stress test for the system, right? People want to mm. understand what has what is going to happen after a long session, and uh, one of the best features of ChatGPT or like the Bing chat is that it remembers your previous answers. Usually if you have one of these bots, uh, it matches your your question to an intent and tries to find the right answer and is doing so question by question. But here it actually happens that the bot responds to something that you said earlier, like five questions earlier or five sentiments earlier, it remembers and it says, yeah, because previously you talked about this topic X, let me tell you something about topic Y. And this is very impressive because usually you don't have this this memory of the chatbot uh, quoting something before that. And my personal, um, I, I'm not sure if I talked about this previously, I had one of these interactions with the ChatGPT bot where I was asking something completely different to my previous questions and the bot responded with oh yeah i think there is a misunderstanding because um when we talked previously about the other topic you, you said this and that and i think you misunderstood me because your new question does not make any sense it does not match what we were talking about uh, previously and this was very impressive that the chatbot tells me that i'm probably going insane because my questions don't make any sense anymore <laughs> now this yes this is a quick one but a very interesting one because it is about 
Meta Verified. Meta Verified, the rival of Twitter Blue. Um, it is Meta's way uh, to get you the blue verification mark just by paying for it. And it's very interesting because it is a very similar approach to Twitter Blue, which kind of tanked, I would argue. We had an article about this, I think, one week ago or two weeks ago, where we discussed that Twitter Blue is not very efficient either in the way of um, of monetization nor how it is vis uh, viewed on by the users. When you scroll down a bit in the article, you will find a chart. And that is showing the clear differences between Twitter Blue and Meta Verified. And Meta Verified, um, before we go into the comparison, what's interesting here is that it's called Meta Verified, which means that Meta will verify you on all their platforms, meaning that you will be verified on Facebook, on Instagram, and prospectively also in something like, say, Horizon Worlds, even though there, technically, it would be kind of irrelevant because obviously in Horizon Worlds, you are yourself but digitally. So still, I think it gives us a glimpse here of meta things. Um, the price is different, specifically just as Twitter also did it. And I found this very interesting when I put the article in because um, the, it, it, it very much goes around this cost structure that Apple implemented within in-app payments. So um, I find it very interesting that big platforms like Meta or so Twitter do that without having troubles but uh, with, with Apple. But on the other hand, why would they? I mean, they're free to offer whatever they want. Um, and what am I talking about? As you can see in the price uh, column, um, uh, price, uh, price line, I'm sorry, line, yeah. Uh, you can see that it is eight bucks per month and 11 bucks per month on iOS app. Same goes for, and I think Android as well, same goes for meta apps, which are mostly iOS apps, interestingly, um, specifically Instagram. Uh, you see that it's $11.99 if you purchase it via the via a browser, and you can see that it's $14.99 when it's an in-app purchase, because obviously Apple and also I think the App Store, but I'm not 100% sure there, take a cut. I'm, sure, I'm not sure if the, um, if the cut is as big as with apples in the in the play store um but there definitely is a difference uh which is kind of interesting um there is no differentiation between the blue check mark um that you get by being verified by the platform itself slash by uh, paying for it yourself and the difference here is because in twitter blue you can just do it without verifying yourself but for you for Meta, um, you have to verify with ID. So there is no way of somebody impersonating you um, besides if somebody actually fakes also an identification uh, document, uh, which is interesting. Um, the benefits are very similar. You get more visibility, a bit more reach. Um, and specifically for Twitter, where there's a very big, just similar to Reddit, there's a big reply game, uh, your replies will be ranked more higher. Also, um, and that is very interesting because a lot of people complain about it and then we're through and then the monologue's over, I'm sorry. Um, and that I think is also very interesting. A lot of people complain about having um, issues with meta, but we're not able to reach them. An account that has been locked with a password you don't know. Um, you feel like something was deleted even though you think it is not right. Um, 
these kind of things you can now bypass these issues because with Twitter, uh, sorry, with Meta Verified, you will get exclusive exit, uh, access to account support and also proactive monitoring for impersonation. And that is very interesting. Also, there's going to be 100 free stars per month, which is very similar to the way that TikTok is currently rewarding people online in their lives. And this will be very similar, um, but more to come there. Um, and that I find very interesting compared to Twitter Blue. So that is the breakdown of what it is. Um, I don't know. I'm going to ask Henrike, do you think it's worth it? I I have another question back to you. What does it mean to have 100 free stars per month? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So as far as I'm as far as I'm informed, and again, uh, this could I could be um, wrong here, but as far as I understand it, it's a system where you have in in-app coin coins just like you have on TikTok, and that you can give to a creator. Um, those hundred stars, therefore, you can give as a heavy user of Instagram, for example, uh, to a creator that you very much like. So usually you have to pay for the stars individually, right? And in this case, you get yes. like a package of stars as an incentive to buy the verification. Yes, I don't know how much this is worth. I can look it up if you want to. But uh, yeah, this is um, well, my understanding of that. Yeah, I, I personally what do don't... I get back? Sorry. Sorry, but what do I get back? Like I pay now to get verified, to get this bunch of hundred stars that I can give to other creators to support them. <laughs> what, what do I get? <laughs> like, what? I mean, that's the, a very, like, you, you must be really a fan to. Yeah, you get the privilege that, right? to hand out stars. Usually you have to pay for them. So usually <laughs> you pay for the stars, first of all. Second of all, um, this is the gamification of social media. It is, if you like a real, uh, sorry, if you like a live, you can now already hard it as many times as you want. And it's becoming a KPI to see how many times was your live stream actually liked. Even though I could give you 10,000 likes in one live because I can just tap the screen 10,000 times um, while... I don't know, Tarek's live stream would get 10,000 likes by 10,000 individual people liking the stream once. And it's the same with the stars. It is gamifying the way how creators are rewarded. And that's important because the core problem of social media today is that creators are looking for ways to be rewarded because if they don't do that, we can see it on TikTok currently, um, we see that because TikTok is not providing a sufficient program to reward their creators, the link out function on the TikTok accounts is heavily used to direct users to YouTube, for example, where it is possible to monetize. So this is one way of keeping creators and users in the same bubble. Also, you need to think of that meta verified users usually in my understanding at least are heavy users of the meta app specifically of instagram so they definitely are really really connected to the in-app features that are available so then i can i think answer your question at least from my point of view <laughs> it's not worth for me <laughs> but um yeah i see the benefits for the heavy users you just described so I understand that it makes sense to have like a pay tier for access to premium support. But I, what I don't like is this trend of having to pay monthly to get a verification. Usually 
verification was provided to people who are very um, active in your community or um, simply providing an ID and proving because they are a celebrity or something that they are who they, uh, they, they say they are. If I imagine that I'm paying the verification for one month and I am verified and then I stop paying and I lose my verification, I'm, it doesn't make sense. I'm not verified anymore, even though I am verified. They know who I am. I provided my ID and everything, but because I do not pay them constantly, they take away my check mark. And I, I, I dislike this, this flavor of this feature that I still have to pay so that they display that they have proof that I am who I am. I uh, disagree a bit with you on that because this is not taking away the blue check mark that most active and celebrity uh, accounts will get. Uh, just like on Twitter Blue, people will still receive the blue check mark if they are a celebrity. And I think this is just because historically um, it is very, I think it is close to impossible for Instagram and Facebook without a big shitstorm to actually go back and ref, uh, reverse all the verifications to see who would be open to pay for it. Yeah. Um, I think they would lose a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, yeah status, if you want to call it that, a lot of agreement there, a lot of users pot potentially also. And so I think that active and verified people, famous people, they still will be rewarded with this blue check mark. And if beyond that point, you're saying you want to feel that, that, that you want to have that feeling of the blue check mark yourself, you want to, I don't know, uh, make clear that your Facebook account is your Facebook account, um, or you want to make clear that you are, that this Instagram is Instagram account is your Instagram account, then I think um, well, Meta now gives you the option, um, but because Meta doesn't see that necessity of having um, average Joe um, running around with the blue check mark, they will only provide it to the average Joe when you pay for it. And I actually think that is kind of okay um, because, again, I don't. I, I agree with Meta there. I don't see the necessity for the average Joe either. All right. And now this. Let's continue with me. I think for the first time I bring something from Market Screener. This time I found some very interesting news from the world of gaming. Because game developer Sony AI, in partnership with Polyphony Digital... <laughs> I hope I pronounce this correctly. Polyphony Digital announces first global release of Gran Turismo Sophie for Gran Turismo 7. And this is very interesting for all of us AI lovers because uh, Sophie is an AI racing agent in Gran Turismo 7 on the PS5 console. And the Gran Turismo Sophie Race Together mode allows players of all levels to race against this Gran Turismo Sophie with four circuits of uh, increasing difficulty and the ability to challenge GT Sophie in a one-to-one -one race. And this mode also features this uh, GT7's emoticon feature, where then uh, you see like an emoticon uh, above this racing um, avatar, and uh, this even enhances this excitement of the race. And usually, I mean, uh, 
AI in racing games or AI in gaming is not necessarily something new. We know that uh, this existed in the past, but usually it was oriented in optimizing your driver to the to the course. Like if you have a straight line, the, the car accelerates. But now with this new um, AI developed by Sony, uh, this one is actually using the, the same mechanics, the same physics that the human player is using, like the same controls. And it's using... Uh, reinforcement learning to become better and better and learning strategies just as human players and we all know from computer games in the past that ai is keep cheating usually because it, it's it's necessary to make the race more more interesting for example if you are very very good and you uh, drive a long way before the the ai the ai might become just faster and faster simply to make the race more interesting and in this case uh, sophie is not doing that she is actually driving like a human race driver and uh, learns how to become better and she became one of the most successful or most uh, powerful players on on this uh, in this game and so it is very very exciting to have her in a one-to-one -one race and actually try to be as good as the most powerful AI driving this game. And uh, I, I was really, really interested in reading that because we are talking about AI technologies every day with ChatGPT and, and uh, everything that is changing right now. And now we see also a real, like human-like AI in games like Gran Turismo. And so I'm really curious to see uh, how long it takes until we see more of these gamified AIs uh, in, in other applications, for example, also in, in VR games, where you have then avatars talking and interacting with GPT-3-like capabilities and maybe even uh, learning how uh, how you respond and, uh, and uh, talking to you in, in a similar way. And I'm thinking about games like uh, Grand Theft Auto, for example, where you have a lot of scripted characters in there. But wouldn't it be great to actually have AI-based characters who remember who you, who you are, remember your style of talking and like mimicking you, for example. Yeah? So it's, it's very cool AI in gaming. Did anyone, is, is any one of you a gamer who looks forward to trying this? Yes, as soon as, <laughs> come to, as soon as it comes to Game Pass, I will definitely do my best. I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not... Um, fan enough of the Gran Turismo um, series to buy the game um, but I'm a big big fan of the Microsoft Game Pass uh, on my Xbox so I will definitely <laughs> test it out as soon as I can yeah for me it's kind of similar I um, also I, I like write, uh, playing racing games but usually not these hyper realistic racing games I like more these, uh, for example, wi the Wipeout series, where you fly like the spaceship and you shoot rockets and these things. It's just for fun. And I know that Gran Turismo is one of the most successful gaming series ever because it is that realistic. But usually I do not really enjoy this hyper-realism because I want to just to have fun. But with, with these new modes of uh, AI introduced, I'm really compelled to try Gran Turismo again. Yeah, I'm wondering actually if if that is really exciting in the long run. For, uh, I mean, as we know, um, the and as you said, actually, the AI is learning, right? So with every race, and what we know from the AIs is that they are like getting better and better and better, and in the end, they usually are top of the pop. So um, it, it might be interesting actually um, dealing with the AI in the beginning and uh, having a competition with it, but. 
as it's getting better and better, I could imagine that um, it, yeah, it's not that exciting any longer because you could imagine who will win the match. And uh, yeah, so that's actually what I'm wondering. Is that really, or is, is there some, some kind of workaround process that avoids that? Yeah, it's a good question because we could imagine that there will never be a driver as good as an AI in terms of reflexes and learning strategies and everything. And maybe it is a little bit like um, getting the privilege of going into a boxing match with Superman or something like that. It's, yeah, certainly an interesting thing to see, but you do not want to fight against Superman in, in a boxing ring. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly the point. I mean, uh, perfection creates resistance, so so to say, right? And <laughs> I don't know if if that is really exciting. If you get into the boxing match with the uh, with Superman, because you know who will be the winner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, except uh, you might have like like was it uh, um, you might have like green kryptonite with you. Kry then, kryptonite gloves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you have a chance, but but in this case, as said, so um, we know from many other systems that the AI is getting better and better and better and um, that the result of the game is more or less clear from the beginning then so that is not really fun for most of the players I could imagine yeah, it's, it's a good point I I, I have a stupid question uh, first of all I have a remark I cannot play it because it's a Sony PlayStation game obviously <laughs> it won't come would be coming to Game Pass I mix it up with Forza um, but uh, my second question that's a, a stupid one actually and maybe you mentioned it and I wasn't just maybe I didn't get the point but so the 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 the, the artificial enemy or artificial competitor that you usually drive against right when you do these kind of things isn't that like, is this breakthrough actually that big? Because isn't that always, like, historically an AI that you were running against? I mean, yes, when I think back of, like, the early 2000s, the game that we played, the games that we played there, usually those were just very ideal to keep to keep in that niche of racing games, ideal uh, drives of the circuit that you're driving. Um, and they were pre-recorded, right? So you were more or less r racing against the other ghost kind of car based on time and uh, laps that they were driving. But now when I think back, I would argue in the last 10 years, wasn't it always AI by default just because by default you had to run against a computer system in order to to win just like by default every game is a metaverse kind of environment to build in there was always ai included in terms of that you can't script a, a car on the track because it has to react to you you are the variable in, in this game and so it has to react to whatever you are doing but usually they follow a certain strategy and for certain paths and they kind of react more or less stupid and they are trained in this very particular way and i think the breakthrough here is that um the sophie or this new generation of ai is really trained to be a human driver so it's not trained to to fulfill this very very particular role but i could imagine that uh, she gets angry if you keep crashing into her or you're you're riding driving in a very uh, unsporty way um and uh, for, and what 
the I, I think I read it in a different article. They wrote they wrote about um, even this sportsmanship, this kind of um, you could ram the other driver, but but you don't do this because it's 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 unfair or something like that. Uh, and and even this uh, and trying trying to win the race by being a good driver and doing smart uh, decisions or driving more or less ag- aggressively. And I think this is um, what what is very interesting here to see her in with these human like characteristics. And she does not have access to cheating uh, because in the past the AI was able to simply like change variables in the game to become faster because you were too good and to make it more interesting it was then just cheating in this way this ai can only do whatever you can do with your controls yeah and and so even though this is not really visible to you as a human uh, player in in this in this matter um it makes the game more interesting because you're not aware or, i mean you might be aware but it's not obviously playing against the computer but having an ai as one driver or in the future maybe even multiple drivers with different characteristics yeah so yeah it's it's not new that we drive against ais but this kind of um, um, reinforcement learning ai simulating a human this this is new all right and now this chris yeah this is um I thought quite interesting. I mean, we have spoken lots about Dali and Midjourney and so on. Um, so we have this article, Stable Diffusion Startup um, introduces generative AI for video. So the article is about um, Runway, actually. That is a New York-based AI video editor startup. And um, they have developed a software which you can, um, or with which you can edit um, visuals also via text commands, as it is common today. Like, so in that case, it's similar to Dali and Midjourney and so on, right? But the difference here is that with um, the model of, of Runway Gen One, it's called, you can edit videos. And um, last year they have uh, launched the uh, open source image AI um, Stable Diffusion, which might be known to one or the other. And now this is their new model, Gen 1, as said. And uh, this allows existing videos to be visually transformed into new ones, right? So you have a, a video, and you can see that really good in the in the video, which is embedded here in the article. So um, you have a video in there, and um, like based on a text command, actually, you can change the scene in the original video into something else, right? So for instance, we have um, here the examples of, um, as you can see it here in the in the article in the video um, screenshot, you have a re- realistically filmed train door and that can be transformed into a cartoon style door just with a text command, right? And, and the video just goes on running and it has more or less the same features, everything is the same uh, plot, but um, the visualization is totally changed. Um, there's another one where uh, an actor actually becomes a comic superhero or something like that. And um, that is really uh, amazing. So the, the quality which is being achieved here and the level of extraction, extraction and um, abstraction, sorry, <laughs> can uh, even be taken one step further. Right. So, for instance, uh, you have this example here where they have like just a bunch of books um, standing loosely assembled on a uh, on a on a on a table actually 
And um, just with a text command, you can say, okay, this is not books any longer. This is skyscrapers. This is a skyline. And Gen 1 actually renders the whole thing then into um, a video of a skyscraper, skyscraper skyline. And um, as we all know, in, in general, the video editing with AI, um, at the moment at least, cannot yet compete with professionally edited, edited videos. That is for the moment. Because um, very often we see, and you can also see that here a bit, that uh, contains image errors and crude geometries and everything. But um, as with all the other projects, like with DALI and so on, this project is like, from my point of view, kind of a start, right? And considering the tremendous efforts and effects which we have seen with, uh, in general, image generating AI in the last months or years, um, it takes just little imagination to see that systems like these actually could play an important role in video editing in a few years, right? And like all the others, like DALI and so on, um, also this one, of course, can be a factor to somehow change the whole creative sector, I can imagine. Yeah. For me, I think which is yeah sorry which, which is a good thing on the one hand, but which also can be a bad thing. So we had this discussion uh, beforehand, Tarek. But yeah, um, so it it will change things. Yeah, and especially the way uh, we are working. I could imagine, for example, the way of uh, um, like hobby filmmakers. Uh, if if I now need a drone shot of a city skyline. I could literally build like the model, how I imagine this on my table with books and then uh, simply uh, go with my iPhone camera through the books and then describe, I want this to be a drone shot of uh, a night city or something like that. And then I get this drone shot based on the movement of the books on, on my shelf. I really, really Absolutely. like it. Yeah, but as said, or so as said, we had that discussion in the beginning. So that is uh, definitely the cool thing you can really do lots of um, visual effects, which you could not have been dreaming beforehand, especially as a, as a private guy. But um, if we look at the whole um, creative sector, like with all these AI-based um, uh, image uh, um, transformation software, um, we, we see indeed the danger that the whole creative sector is going to be, um, well, somehow disrupted, right? Because, uh, of course, where you needed like three designers in the beginning or one designer for, let's say, three days, now it's okay to have just one designer because with the efficiency of these tools, um, you do not start with zero. You do not start from scratch. You just start from, let's say, 70% or so. And then as a designer, you do the rest. And that, of course, um, is a cool thing for um, the sector on the one hand. But on the other hand, of course, I could imagine that many people are um, already now thinking of where that might lead in their job careers. Yeah, it's change. Change is always yeah. scary. Change, yeah. yeah. All right. Tarek, ending the episode heavy here. With the <laughs> <laughs> it's change just a is fact. always scary. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it's not always scary, but it's, as I said, it's like with um, many other things, right? You have these two sides. I mean, it's amazing what's possible nowadays. So you could you could do things, as I said, which you have not dreamed about before. But um, 
I, I just think that again we see that AI has not just a technical impact, a technical implement, implementation, and I'm just not talking about just uh, image AIs, just AI in general. But it has also like a social implementation, uh, implication and um, economic uh, implication. So yeah. This is um, what we have seen in many discussions beforehand, and this is what we will see in uh, many discussions <laughs> here in Tech Review again and again, I'd say. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Uh, thanks for your articles. I'm, as always, uh, very excited to hear about everything, and especially all these AI topics that are coming in more and more frequently. So uh, don't forget to tune in next week when we are back with Tech Review episode. I forgot which number we are. 30, uh, 51 right now and then 52 I think see you then bye exactly bye 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 if you are hearing this message you've listened to the entire episode and for that we here at Tech Review want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts we hope this new episode was valuable for you and if it was please leave us a review on Spotify Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to us right now share this episode with others who could also like it Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Don't hesitate to tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next episode.